Hi everyone, uh, welcome to this video. Uh, we're approaching the end of 2018 and you know it's that time of year that we tend to look forward to the future and I just wanted to share um, some ideas I had about how customer experience will change in 2019. In fact, I made 10 predictions on how customer experience will improve in the next 12 months. Hope you will enjoy this video, welcome. First thing that we're gonna see is um, more and more data that will be used by the humans that are working in the sales and service department, actually the humans that still see customers. Um, I think too many companies are just relying on the human interface and assume that humans are just good in everything. Um, but if you want to go for personalized service, if you want to speed up you know, the, the, some parts of the selling process or some parts of the after sales process, um, more and more companies start to realize that you have to have good data that your humans can use because without data you cannot you know, personalize, you cannot speed up things. So I think many companies will invest in frontline data to help the humans that are out there. Second item, chatbots are growing up. Um, I think in the last few years we talked a lot about chatbots and let's be honest, most of the time a chatbot is some kind of a dis disappointment. Um, but you see how it's starting to grow up. And I think one of the first successful applications that we're starting to see with chatbots are the more proactive communication, where the customer doesn't really have an issue, but where the, the, the company wants to warn the customer that something's coming up. I, I mean, like airlines that tell you where you can find your luggage, for instance, that's proactive communication. It's solving an issue you will have 10 minutes after that or a bank that tells you that there's not enough money on your account to pay for your MasterCard bill, those kind of things. And, and that seems to be working fine because it's a different mindset. When a customer has an issue and they're a little bit angry or upset and then they go to a bot and then that bot doesn't work, you know, it's a, it's a full disaster and it makes things worse. worse. Um, so I think we're going to see more of that proactive communication and I think we're going to see more mixed interfaces, chatbots and humans. I can imagine that you will start more and more on a chatbot where there's some sort of a first filtering process when you want to talk to a company and at a certain moment when it becomes clear what your issue is and if it's a complex issue I can assume that humans will take over that conversation and maybe at the end of the conversation if you know the issues are solved and it's just some operational work that needs to be done to finish your request maybe you will go back to a chatbot. But I think in the next 12 months, we're gonna see chatbots growing up. I think we're gonna have real cool examples of that. Um, I mean, if you look at the impact of voice assistants and the quality increase that we've seen with these machines in the last 24 months, we can only assume that that will you know, continue to grow in the next few years. I think in 2019, we're gonna to start to see predictive commerce. Um, we, we moved into a world of automated commerce. Um, Amazon's Alexa, you know, was, was a step where you moved from the one button interface for e-commerce to the zero button interface. But you can assume that we're going to move into a world of predictive commerce, where a machine predicts what you want to do, uh, where, predict, where a machine can predict the perfect time point. Um, and, you know, all data is there for big technology companies to actually understand what your needs going to be in the future. And, you know, sometimes I get the question, will humans trust the algorithms for that? And with me, there is no doubt about that. At the moment that technology really works well, then we start to trust that technology. Uh, look, at, look at Google, for instance. When we type in something, we look at the first page, max, maybe just at the first three lines of Google. If we would want to double check if the algorithm was right, we would go all the way until page 10 of Google. Nobody does that. 
So once the algorithm works, and we trust the Google algorithm, once it works, you just rely on it. And the same thing will happen in commerce. If Amazon succeeds in delivering products at a moment that you didn't even realize that you needed, so they predicted it, they brought it to you, and if that works, well then we're gonna trust the algorithm like crazy and we're gonna authorize more and more companies to, to help us in predicting what we need. And sometimes machines know better what we want. In my previous video, when, when we talked about you know, predictions becoming cheap, that was in the video of 2018 tech announcements that have an impact on the future of customer experience, I talked about a company called Hopper. It's a Canadian travel app. It's in fact the most popular travel app in the world. Uh, they, can predict what the they can predict what the best moment will be to buy an airline ticket because they follow the price lines of airfare and they predict what the best possible moment is. But they also predict to which destination you're willing to fly. So they know, for instance, if you're living in New York and you want to fly to Hawaii because you're looking for some sun and beach, but that's pretty expensive and it's a long flight, if they will propose something in the Florida Keys or in Miami, there's a big chance that you will choose that location over Hawaii because it's cheaper, it's closer by, but it also has sun and beach. So at a certain moment, algorithms will be able to predict what we want in a better way than what we can do ourselves. And that's going to be interesting. Of course, in the last two, three years, it was the rise of artificial intelligence about automated systems. And sometimes the question comes, what do non-technology companies need to do to boost their customer experience if you're not as good in technology as, as Amazon or, or Google? Well, we need to excel as companies then in those fields where the Amazons are not good at. And figure out which values we can deliver that customers really appreciate. And I think there are two items that are really going to rise in customer experience in 2019. And those are the items of the human touch and the local knowledge and the local expertise and belonging to a local community. Because technology companies will never be human and they will never be local. They will, human, they will be human-like. They will pretend to be human and they will be local-like. They will pretend to be local. But it's only a real company that is really local and really human that can make that difference. And, and you know, we've seen this turning point that sometimes, you know, the big technology companies get criticized uh, in, in some way, which, which is good. That creates opportunities for local companies, for human companies to make a difference there. So I think in 2019, we're going to see the rise of the human interface and the rise of the local community as an important factor in customer experience. More and more offline places, stores, stadiums, events, those are typically offline places. What you start to see is that those offline places are becoming digital platforms, but they just happen to be offline. You see more and more stores that are connected stores. Uh, if you look at what Walmart is doing, I mean, Walmart has probably most stores in, in the entire United States, um, but now they're using those stores in a much smarter way than in the past. They're starting to treat them like digital platforms. They're, they're working with AI to see if there is um, uh, understock of, of some certain products, if, if a good is spilled, they can predict what kind of products people will buy. So that helps that store to be more accurate in, in for instance, its, it's uh, procurement of new products uh, or the kind of people that you need to make customers happy. But Walmart is also placing these big pickup e-commerce machines where you just walk in, you scan your phone and you can pick up your package. That is more and more treating an offline location as a digital platform that happens to be offline. If you look at the retail industry and how 
those checkout free stores are booming like crazy. That is changing a physical location in a digital platform that happens to be offline. So I think we're going to have a major shift, a fundamental shift in 2019. I think if I look at the investments many companies made in the last three years in their offline channels, usually if it was something digital, it was some sort of a gimmick, you know, a crazy mirror, um, some augmented reality, cool item, but it never fundamentally changed the relationship with the customer. It was just an, a digital gimmick. It was cool, but it didn't really have a huge impact. I think in 2019, we're gonna see how offline places are really going to the core of the customer relationship and will use digital interfaces in that offline place to really fundamentally change the relationship with the customer. Of course, you cannot neglect the rise of voice interfaces in the US already, according to Business Insider, 54% of the US households have at least one smart speaker in their home. About one out of three is using it to buy products with. Uh, so this is pretty significant. We see the same rise of these products in China. So pretty soon, and I think this will already happen in 2019, we're gonna see how voice assistants and AI in general is becoming a product filter in the world. Uh, and, and just think about the Facebook filter to understand this. In, in 10 years ago, Facebook installed the Facebook algorithm that basically decides what you see and what you don't see on Facebook. And we know this and we know how it works. And we know the positive side of that and we know the downside of it. I think what voice assistants are doing and more in particular Amazon is installing a product filter in the world. They will decide, decide which products we will expose to and which products we won't be exposed to. Is this a good thing for customers? I think yes, because you have over choice right now and they will filter out what is really relevant to us looking at our behavior of the past. And it's like some sort of an online dating service, but not between people, but then between customers and products. And I think they will do a good job there. And, and again, same remark as what I said a few minutes ago, I believe we will trust this algorithm if it delivers. If we feel after a few months that those product recommendations are really good, so the product filter really works, well, then we're gonna rely on that to make some of the day-to-day -day purchases that all of us do every day. 2019 will be the year where we're gonna see more and more business-to-machine marketing. Um, I think the end of business-to-business -business versus business-to-consumer is approaching. I think in the future we will talk about business-to-humans versus business-to-machines. Uh, the more algorithm-based buying and the more algorithm-based information searching and the more algorithm-based after-sales service that we're gonna get, the more marketing to machines will become important. Maybe some of your companies will become good at business to assistants. Huh? If, if I start to rely on my Google Home here to, to find information for certain purchases in an industry that you're active in, well, then you better become good friends with this machine here because it will influence my thinking. It's like back in the old days when you started searching on the internet for something then you'd better be good friends with Google and the internet and you had to define a content strategy that was you know, helping me to get into your funnel. If voice is taking over part of that journey, well, then some of you will have to become good at business to assistants. And this is just one example of business to machines, but the more algorithm-based decisions in the entire customer journey we have, the more important algorithm-based marketing or marketing to machines will become. I use this a lot in my presentations. Time is one of the scarcest resources people have. Um, and today, more and more companies start to realize that, which is great for the customer because that means that more and more companies will invest in what I call customer time management. 
how you can optimize the time that your customer gives you. And there are actually two things you can do with the time of your customer. You can save time. And I think we see a lot of digital interfaces that are actually trying to save out time of the customer, which is really great. On the other hand, you can also enhance time, uh, making the time that a customer gives you more relevant, more entertaining, more fun. And it's about working the two of them. I think Netflix is a great example of a company that tries to save out time. My favorite interface at Netflix is the skip intro button. I'm, I'm so much in love with the skip intro button. Every time I push it, I feel like I just saved 30 seconds of my life. It is an amazing feeling. And then in return, I give Netflix two hours of my time so because they're enhancing it at the same time. But think about it, there are not that many companies that do both. Disney is a cool example. And Disney World, for instance, of course, the, the, the core DNA of Disney World is not saving time. The core DNA is enhancing our time. They want to give us a good time, a time to remember. And they're, they're pretty good at that. But you also see that a few years ago, they invested in the Magic Bands, for instance, that in some parts of your Disney experience, you lost some time and they're trying to save out that time so you have more time to enjoy the parks and all the experience that come along with it. So playing with these two items, saving time of customer, enhancing time of customers, I think that will be on many agendas of customer experience people in 2019. If you want to win the business of customers in the future, uh, there's a big chance that you won't be able to do that all by yourself. And there's a big chance that you will need help from other companies with other assets and other strengths that are needed to get to that customer, but strengths that you cannot build by yourself. So you already see this in some industries now that we're getting ecosystems to, to win the customer. I think the retail industry is a very interesting one to see, where companies like Carrefour are working together with Google, and at the same time they're working together with JD. You feel how Alibaba is working together with, with Starbucks to do deliveries in China. And then in the US, Starbucks is looking for a partner to do the same thing over there. So you're starting to see how companies are really bundling forces to get to that customer. The same is happening in the automotive industry. Yeah, apparently for a company like Google, it's not easy to make cars at scale or for Apple to make cars at scale. We learned from, from the issues that Tesla had that it's not that easy to become a car manufacturer. But on the other hand, the car manufacturers also understand that they need state-of-the-art technology in their cars and that they cannot do it all by themselves. So you feel how Google and some car brands are really getting closer to each other to get to that customer. Both Google and that car manufacturer, they want to go to that customer and they need each other. So I think we're going to see the rise of new alliances, we're going to see enemies that become friends on certain areas, and we're going to see the creation of very smart ecosystems where companies just merge their powers to make sure that they can stay in business and make sure that they can win the business of customers. Last one, the rise of trusted gatekeepers. Um, if you look at how the sentiment towards some of the big technology companies has changed in the last 12 months. I think we can conclude that the trust has decreased. I think the, the stories in the media have been less positive in 2018 than the years before. Uh, there were some issues and this is changing, I think, the way that they will go forward. I think that most technology companies today understand that world dominance by itself is not enough to, to really keep this game going. I think the challenge for all of them is to become trusted gatekeepers.
where they are filters for information or knowledge and that I can trust them on that. This is what Facebook has to become, a trusted gatekeeper for information. Amazon has to become a trusted gatekeeper for products and services. But I think most of your companies, of, of all of you watching, ask yourself this question, how can we play that role of a trusted gatekeeper? And you know, I, I think we're going to go to an extreme form there, that a lot of the content, maybe 90% of the content that we're going to be exposed to in the future, we won't be completely certain if we can trust it or not. So the value of that 10% trusted content will be enormous. And in your industry, if you can be that filter, if you can become that trusted gatekeeper, I think that is an enormous value that you have over customers. And being able to manage that trust and to, to really set up that trusted relationship, that could become the, the killer differentiator in the next few years to really stay connected with your customers. So this was it. Thanks for watching this, this video. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it gave you some ideas to move forward to improve the life of your customers in 2019. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel and I'm hoping to see you again in one of my next videos. Thank you so much for watching.